trust your mind with us Kick up your feet, lay back, relax your soul and trust that We can add some shine to your day With some coconut oil Welcome back to Coconut Oil Podcast. I'm Brittany. And I'm Mira. We're just a couple of best friends navigating life, single motherhood, and blackness in Fort Worth, Texas, through healing conversations in hopes that you'll heal too. Life happens. Coconut oil helps. <laughs> I feel like I haven't seen you in so long. Um, how long has it been? Like, I mean, I, we talk pretty much every day, but yeah, I seeing think it's you been in person. Like- Two weeks? Two weeks. Has it been two weeks? It's been a while because you went out of town for a little while and then you came back and then, you know, we just got busy. And I saw you the one time here Mm -hmm. when I came back. And I think that was kind of it. Yeah. Yeah. And then my birthday. And then your birthday. Like briefly. Yeah. Mm hmm. I mean, I I say briefly, but it was like a five hour brunch. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was. (laughs) I I feel like that's brief for us. It was brief. It was brief. Yeah. So I guess, like, I saw you last week. (laughs) it just feels like like so much longer yeah Yeah. that's okay though how are you feeling today (laughs) you would ask me that I am feeling I don't know I don't know I don't even think there's like a word for it I'm just kind of like it's a true PMS Mm -hmm. yeah to the core I feel hormonal Mm -hmm. for no reason just like shut me down in a closet somewhere just lock me in there by myself and I will probably be happy. So I don't know. I don't know how to process my emotions as you know. So they're just going to be shoved down into the little box where the rest of them go Mm -hmm. into the deepest part of my soul. And who knows when they'll come out. Who knows when. That'll be a fun, that'll be be a fun fun. time. I really need a therapist. Um. (laughs) Don't we all honestly therapy like it, it's almost like you don't really realize you need it. Until it's, I mean, not like it's too late. Like, right. oh, well, I'm way past help at this point. So I should just carry on with my sad little life. Side. No, but I feel like by the time you realize like, oh, wow, I need therapy. You're kind yeah. of starting to see like the damage that you have done to yourself. Yeah. That's and how it's like it. affected your life. And you're, you know, you can kind of look back at patterns and be like, hmm, mm-hmm. you know what? Yeah. I need help. Especially when you really have to examine like the parts of your life that maybe are your fault, mm-hmm. you know, and it's yeah. not necessary necessarily from like any outside trauma, but kind of like trauma that you caused yourself. Right. Yeah. But yeah. there's definitely outside trauma. There's also outside trauma. Which makes it really hard to love yourself sometimes. It does. Those outside forces that kind of like creep in from yeah. the very beginning. I mean, yeah. if you think back to, you know, Growing up, reading those teen magazines <laughs> and, you know, all those harmful self-image yeah. kind of things that are just staring you right in the face. It's like, how can you not? How can you not kind of start to think those negative things about yourself? Yeah, you can't really ignore it. I think for me, it was a lot of like music videos. Mm. So I didn't really do a lot of magazines, mm-hmm. um, but I definitely watched a lot of music videos Mm -hmm. and being a curvy little black girl who like developed at the age of eight, Mm -hmm. like literally went to school and was getting picked on because the girls were saying that I stuffed my bra Mm -hmm. and I was like, trust me, I don't even want to wear a bra. Like I'm eight years old. I never 
had the desire to have boobs. Like, cause you know, you see in like movies and stuff where they're like stuffing bras and they're like, yeah. God, I wish my boobs would come in. I never had that thought. Me either. And then it was just like the universe was like, well, well here you go. I know yeah. you didn't ask for these, I know but you didn't ask for them. Just going to put them right there on your chest for the whole world, <laughs> the whole to, world see. to see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Elementary was probably, I guess it was like the first time I got like picked on, but it wasn't that harsh because it was like, they were saying that I stuffed my bra and I'm like, but I don't. So <laughs> don't be mad because yours haven't come in yet. Right. Like I'm promise you that they probably will. Yeah. You know, like it's going to happen. Right. But I wasn't happy about my breasts or my, my self image. Mm-hmm. But mainly just because of my breasts at that age. It yeah. wasn't anything else. You know, I didn't really get into the point where I thought that I was like big or anything like that until after elementary when I went to middle school. Because I think middle school is kind mm. of that age where kids are starting to get meaner. Oh, yeah. You know, they kind of like come into their meanness. Yeah. <laughs> at like 11. Yeah. 12. Oh, for sure. Right around that age. And it gets really clicky. And then that's when it was really pointed out to me, like, because I was in predominantly white spaces. Yeah. So just how different I was to everyone else. Right. You know, my body had developed in a different way than everybody else's had. And I was really curvy and they were very thin and curveless. Straight. Straight. (laughs) Very straight. But, you know, I mean, like, that's that's how their body developed. But I got a lot of unwanted attention from that too. Mm. Not only from the girls, like kind of making comments. My, I say my friends, but they were who I thought were friends at the time, Mm -hmm. um, would make like slide under the table comments about how like they were going to, they would say something to someone else and say how that person could borrow their shirt sometime or borrow their pants. And then they'd look at me and they were like, I'd say that you could too, but you're not going to fit them. Oh my God. Like little things like that. You're just kind of like, I didn't even ask to borrow your shit. Like I don't even like your clothes. So (laughs) (laughs) thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. (laughs) Whether I could fit them or not. Dang. Yeah. It was just very, and this was like before the whole thick, curvy fad oh, yeah. and trend when it became trendy to I mean, that's be curvy. very recent very recent that's very very recent that that became more popular yeah and it's a specific type of curvy very specific yeah teeny tiny waist your hips can come out but not too far right but you need to have a big ass it can't be like a flat ass right because then it we don't want be those wide curves. and flat no you're out. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be round. You have to have a flat stomach, though. Oh, it's got to be super flat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And your breasts have to be big, but not too big. Not too big. So, you know, but like the rest of your body has to almost look like they put your hips in the bottom part of your body on you. Yeah. So your arms can't be too big either. Mm-hmm. But like, <laughs> you have to look like you paid for it, but also like you didn't. Right. But if you paid for it, you're a dumb bitch. Right. And why did you get surgery? (laughs) Why didn't you just work out? Why didn't you just work out and do it yourself? Yeah. Like, but then I think there's like, there's like little pockets of like, cause there's also like a big girl movement, you know, which is wonderful and great. I'm not like trying to bash. No, of course not. You know, I mean, I am a bigger woman myself, but like. There's also like a specific like, oh, they want her to be like full and voluptuous and like, you know, like 
in all aspects have like the the arms with the you know elbows look like you cook and you know like (laughs) yes just the very full almost like like the apple shape you know so it's like you either have to have like all the curves or like fit into this very specific box of a bbw and what that entails for yeah society right what they think that looks like right yeah it's and i'm neither one of those like happy medium yeah i think like you know i'm working on becoming smaller i say i'm working on it i have not gone to the gym since we went Mm -hmm. um after i got back from colorado but i was also like sick yeah for a while so there was there was that yeah there was like that whole week that i was sick too yeah because um asher was sick and Mm -hmm. carter was sick and Mm -hmm. you were sick and i was sick it was just a it was a sick week. not a good time it was not a good time yeah i haven't been in the gym in a while yeah we will go back but even that i think like i used to beat myself up if i would miss like a day at the gym mm-hmm. like really just admonish myself for being lazy or yeah whatever it was like you know and sometimes you just need like a mental health day and sometimes you don't even need a mental health day sometimes you just don't have to go yeah and it's okay you don't have to go right. to the gym all the time and that's not to say that you shouldn't be disciplined about something like if you make a commitment to yourself that is the other thing that i'm learning mm-hmm. is to keep the commitments that i make to myself yeah and i think that's a big part of like my self-love journey yeah is just those kinds of things because if i'm lying to myself not that i'm lying to other people but I should at least be able to be honest with me. Yeah. You know, and at the very least, at the very least, yeah. be honest with myself. Um, I am still working on it. I have not <laughs> fully, you know, gotten there to where I am every day, but mm-hmm. it's a, it's a work in progress. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's this whole self love movement is a big work in progress. There's, There's a lot of positive stuff, which is awesome and great, Mm -hmm. you know, but then I think there's also some part of it that's like, oh, you know, good vibes only. You can only have good vibes and no negative energy. And it's like, you know what? Sometimes I have negative energy. Yeah. Sometimes I feel negative and like, that's okay because that's part of, that's part of the self-love journey is like, you have to listen to those negative emotions all of your emotions all of them and you have to kind of tap in and think like where's this coming from you know and like how can i work on this it doesn't always have to be like sunshine and fucking rainbows it's never gonna always be sunshine and fucking rainbows Mm -hmm. i wish no i don't that'd be no (laughs) i just like sometimes this is gonna sound crazy um well, maybe not crazy, but like, I, I feel like it's okay to wallow for a little bit. Oh yeah. You know, and just kind of like feel that bad mood. Yeah. And it's kind of not what I'm doing today, <laughs> but <laughs> I will, I will experience the feelings at some point. Uh-huh. Like you just, you know how I am with my emotions. I, I just, I don't know what to do with them. They come, I leave them alone and then I bury them. And we don't really, I don't really express them or let them out. So it's really unhealthy. I do not recommend that for anybody. Mm -hmm. However, this is just how I have always processed things. Um, And now you can start figuring out how to work on that and figuring out how to feel those emotions. Sure. Oh, yeah. Come on. We're going (laughs) to work on how to feel those emotions. Yes. No, um, 
I, I mean, like we talked about this, I have my process, like, Mm -hmm. um, I write Mm -hmm. and that is a big way that I get my emotions out or I'll cry to an Adele song. Mm -hmm. But for me, like when I cry to an Adele song, I don't even feel like I'm crying for me. So I don't feel like I'm necessarily like releasing. It feels like a release, but not a specific release for like those emotions, but it probably is like just built up emotions. And then I turn on like a cry song and then just cry to it because I feel the emotions from the song. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. We're just going to count that. I think that, I mean, that's kind of how it works. Yeah. It's kind of how it works. Like if you have pent up, cause I do the same thing. Like if I have pent up emotions and you know, like if you're on the go and you know, you're a single mom and you're dealing with this and you're dealing with that and you're working and you're, yeah. work, you know, doing all this stuff, like it's true. There are some days or weeks at a time where you honestly, like, you just don't have time to cry. You don't have time to process those emotions. So that's like whenever I like schedule my cries, you know, and everything like (laughs) that's kind of what it is, is like, yeah, I will put on a sad song or a sad movie. And I'm just like, I know that I've felt like crying before, you know, whether it's like the other day or last week. And I know that I've like felt these emotions, but I didn't get to like release anything. Then that's, that's kind of what it is for me Yeah, is like uh, whenever I'm crying during a song, sometimes I'll like cry in the shower, in my car, you know, watching a movie. That's so sweet. I don't, (laughs) I, I just don't like, I literally, if I do put on a cry song, it's not like, I'm just like in a mood to hear the song and then I'll like end up tearing up mm-hmm. but it's not like I don't full-on cry mm. I definitely like, do I full-on I, I just I let it out you know like yeah. I just like I feel it coming and then I'm just like and you're just I'm like, releasing release. it all like ugh, I'll get like it off of me get it out of me <laughs> and sometimes in the morning when I'm like meditating it happens too like I'll like, get choked up yeah. I don't know why but then I'm just like let it out yeah and I you I mean Nine times out of 10, I do feel better, except for sometimes whenever like you go too far and you cry too hard and you've got like puffy eyes and a headache yeah. and you feel sick. <laughs> like, See, I haven't cried like that in years, probably since like a death in my family. Mm-hmm. And then even then I cry mm-hmm. and then like I don't cry anymore. Really? Yeah. Like I, I might tear up every once in a while, Mm -hmm. but I just don't like, I don't really have those guttural like cries. I don't know. Again, I need to see a therapist, but (laughs) I am working on that because that is part of self-love and actually taking care of your emotions. So I am figuring out better ways for me to do that and to actually have like a healthy relationship with my emotions, because I feel like my relationship with myself has gotten better. Like mm-hmm. I am a very self-aware person. Mm-hmm. I know my issues. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I am not always like in love with my body, but I love my body. Yeah. I love myself. Mm-hmm. I love who I am and who I've become. Yeah. Um, which has been a long road, a long, road yeah. long, long road. Mm hmm. Um, I mean, like, can you remember your first, I guess your first incident maybe, or like moment where you kind of felt like you started to look at your body and yourself differently, like in a negative light? 
I definitely. So for me, I I grew up reading magazines for sure. I was reading Teen Vogue. I was reading Teen People. You know, like at the store, I was flicking through them. Yeah. I was when I was younger, I was like very into like fashion and stuff. Mm-hmm. What I would do is I would like look through the magazines and like find an outfit that I like and then f- try and find stuff in my closet that was like similar to it. So I could be like, you know, dressing like the people in the magazines. Um, and I think like my first instance of kind of feeling like almost like inferior about the way that I look because, you know, not everybody's like really into fashion. It's not really important to, um, some people, but it was for me. So I remember growing up in Seattle, like we didn't have a lot of money. My mom, you know, single mom, two kids going to college, like we were baroquey broke broke. <laughs> and I remember one time we had to go to like this um church basement thing where they were like, you know, giving away free like backpacks and free yeah. clothes to needy children, mm-hmm. which was me and my sister. And they had like these like matching like sweatsuits, you know, like the yeah. plain like <laughs> purple sweats and the plain purple sweatshirt. With the little the rubber band at the bottom. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I remember they were like, okay, pick out one of these. And I'm just like looking at it like this is the worst day of my life. Like people are going to make fun of me. But, you know, I picked one out and everything. And I don't, I honestly, I don't remember if people did make fun of me or not. That was probably just like in me, in my own brain. But I think at that point, I kind of remember being like, oh, like everybody else at school is wearing, you know, cool clothes. Mm -hmm. And here I am about to wear like some church basement sweats. And then I know another time, um, one of my best friends in Seattle, her family was on the wealthy side. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, um, I remember she had these pants, you know, like the athletic pants that like make noise when you walk very nice. The windbreaker. Yeah. 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 She had a pair of those. Were they the tearaways? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. No. You know, the ones that had like the buttons on the side. Yeah. I had a pair of those, but they weren't windbreaker. They were like soft, softer material or whatever. Um, and she had a pair from Abercrombie and they were like this like dark purple color and they were so cute. And like, she wore it with like this like white shirt. And I just like thought she was just, she's kissed. (laughs) And I remember being like, where'd you get your pants? Like, I love those. I want some too. And she's like, Oh, I got them from Abercrombie. And like, she was super, you know, humble. Yeah. Wasn't even thinking about any, you know, wealth, disparities between us she just thought it was another regular store that kids shop everybody shops yeah yeah and i was like right 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 abercrombie okay and i remember like asking my mom about it and you know back then we would get catalogs yeah for like um for different stores stores and and stuff like that and i don't remember i think i think there was one for abercrombie and um I don't remember where I saw it, but I saw the price <laughs> for these pants and you know, they were yeah. like $60. Yeah. Even back then they were like high as hell. And I was just like, I'm never going to get like, I'm never going to be able to afford these <laughs> windbreaker pants and look as cool as everybody else. <laughs> and I think at that point I kind of started noticing like 
the difference in the way I dressed and the difference, you know, between me and like the way that people dressed that I was like, oh, I like how they dress yeah. kind of thing, which, you know, it sounds kind of superficial, but that's just, that's what I was into. Yeah. At I get the time. It. Yeah. Yeah. Mine was my hair. I think it's the thing that I had like the biggest thing with. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember asking my mom at like a young age, like why my hair didn't like move in the wind, like other people's hair mm-hmm. did. And she was like, well, that's just because your hair's special and, you know, and she's doing the mom things. And, and now of course, like my relationship with my hair is different, but just touching on that, like, I remember one time in middle school, there was a girl who, so like, let me explain the middle school that I went to first. (laughs) So (laughs) the middle school that I went to, like, it wasn't a private school. However, most of the kids that went there were wealthy mm-hmm. um, and most of them were white. Yeah. And then the black kids were usually like bust in from downtown. Mm-hmm. So they, my grandparents lived in one of the wealthier neighborhoods. And so I would like ride the bus with some of those kids. And those are kind of the kids that I had tried to start hanging out with because I just like, there were a lot of girls that were mean to me because I didn't wear a lot of name brand stuff. Like I wasn't really into labels and things like that. Like Mm -hmm. I just wore what I thought was cute. Mm -hmm. And then I remember like a group of the girls, like um, a group of black girls from downtown had like seen me in whatever outfit I was wearing. And immediately I just hear them like picking on me and talking about what I was wearing and how my shoes didn't have this and my pants didn't have a label on them and like it was just like and all I could do is sit there in class and pretend that I don't hear them and try my best not to cry right and so that's probably where like all of my like pushing my emotions down has started yeah was like having to act like things didn't bother me Mm -hmm. when I was in middle school yeah um and so there was this my tragic hair story is in sixth grade I had um my hair had to be cut off because it started to break off. Um, it's longer story than that, but essentially it started to break off. I had to get like a pixie cut, Mm -hmm. which nowadays, like I would totally rock a pixie cut, (laughs) but like back then, and I probably looked really cute. Like I loved it when they cut it. Yeah. I cried mind you, because my hair was like just to my shoulders and I was like, it's finally growing. And then here we go. And we have to cut it. So they cut my hair. And I remember sitting in class and these guys and they were like, some of the guys were like on the basketball team. So they were like the cool kids, but like, yeah, um, they were sitting in the back of the class and then I kept feeling stuff land in my hair Mm -hmm. and I would like reach up and find that they were like throwing things in my hair. And then they started making, making like bird chirping noises because they said that it looked like a nest and it was just like a really hard time for me. Cause I was nice to everybody. Yeah. So I think like the whole bullying thing and how, how much I relate to that and how that really like affects your self-love and your view of yourself. Mm-hmm. Because when you're in like middle school and you're like 12 and you're going through puberty and all these things and you see everybody around you like developing or like getting taller, whatever it is that's yeah. happening. And I think for me, middle school is when I really started to have like crushes and things too. Yeah. And so 
going through all of this and then you just feel like you're not good enough. Like there's nothing that you can do to be good enough for these other people. Right. You know, like as soon as you change one thing about yourself that you feel like they were, you know, drawing attention to, they find something else. Yes. And I was so timid. These these kids are miserable, you know, like miserable. The kids that are big bullies in middle school and high school, they're, they were raised that way, you know, like their parents probably had unresolved issues and they were bullies in school. And then, you know, the way that they raise their kids, they're, you know, it's just the next generation of bullies and unresolved trauma, trauma. you know, they're like projecting onto other people. And it's really sad because it's like, they can be so, so like strike you down to the bone. Yeah. And I'm like, I've just never been that person. Even if I'm like really upset with somebody, Mm -hmm. it takes a lot for me to, I don't even want to say it takes a lot for me. I can only remember one time where I've ever torn anybody down like that. Mm -hmm. And it was because he deserved it. Mm -hmm. It was this little shitty ass kid in (laughs) middle school. His name was Ben. Ben, you asshole. Ben, you asshole. I don't even remember your last name. It's not worth remembering. But anyway, we were like in class and he just kept on like just picking at me and picking at me. And I think it had all like built up like Mm -hmm. all the shit that I had dealt with throughout the year. And I just kind of like like when I say I tore him down, (laughs) like I talked about him having a little dick, even though I hadn't seen it. But I just knew by looking at him like all this shit Mm -hmm. and like. Everybody just stood and looked at me. The teacher didn't even say anything. And he just kind of like looked at me and I was like, I told you to leave me alone. Like <laughs> the teacher was probably like, thank God right, somebody's telling Ben off. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> Because like, because usually the bullies are just like all around, yes. like not good people. So the teachers probably hate them too. I'm sure they so did. So I'm sure your teacher was like, get him, get him. <laughs> like I was just, I had just reached my boiling point. Because I was, like I said, I was really shy. I was really timid. I didn't really speak up for myself a lot. So Mm -hmm. I would just like ignore the shit that went on around me. Yeah. Instead of confronting it and doing anything about it or telling them off or like I wasn't that loud mouth person, but I could fight. Like, don't get me wrong. Like if you put your hands on me, that's a whole (laughs) other story. Yeah. But I just... I just sat there and like, I took it and I actually did get in my first fight in middle school, second fight. I got my second fight in middle school. Mm -hmm. And it was because a girl who was in like the group of girls that used to pick on me and stuff, Mm -hmm. they would, um, we were in orchestra together and I was second chair. (laughs) And like, there was a day where she, she wasn't there yet. We had a sub and one of my friends sat in the back. And so her chair wasn't back there. So I moved my chair from the front to the back to sit back there. Mm -hmm. She gets in, thinks I'm in her chair. And then all of a sudden, apparently that's grounds to like throw a book at me. Mm. Yeah. And then she like comes at me and I'm just like, what? Yeah. So then I get expelled, not expelled. I got suspended. It was Mm -hmm. like in school suspension and we had to go to another school or whatever. Yeah. And I even remember that because I think she like scratched me. I had like a scratch on my face, but like, I don't scratch. Like I use my fists and things like that. (laughs) Right. But because I had like this scratch on my face, she told everybody 
that she had like beat me up and who's going to believe her. Cause we're an orchestra. Like nobody else is in fucking orchestra. Right. <laughs> like, and so I remember leaving like in school suspension and then coming back to school and people even talking about that. And I was like, I did not get fucking beat up. Like right. it's not what happened. Wow. But like just middle school was such a terrible time for yeah. me. I will say that I feel like it made me, better as a person nowadays. I don't know. I don't know how to deal with my emotions. So I blame middle school for that, but <laughs> there you go. Like, keep blaming other stuff. Keep blaming other stuff. It's not my fault. <laughs> but, um, no, like I, I think I grew from middle school. I'd like to think that I have, I mean, surely, <laughs> right. Like that was, that was like a big turning point to like, help me realize like that yeah. people ain't shit. No, but just, you know, to like stand up for myself, find a voice for myself, which honestly didn't even happen until later on down the road. Yeah. But, um, it made a huge impact on who I am today. I'll say that much and how I treat other people and why I treat people so well. Because I remember that feeling of being treated like shit for no yeah. reason. Yeah. And that sucks. Right. That oh, yeah. sucks so bad because like just the view that you end up having of yourself. And I think that like middle school is one of those ages where you're kind, you're discovering yourself. I mean, you're always discovering yourself, but you're really kind of like trying to find out who you are mm -hmm. as like an adolescent. Yeah. And when these opposing forces come in and are super negative about like your image and your personality and all these things mm -hmm. about you, it really like affects who you are at that point mm -hmm. and who you think you are. Oh yeah. It, it definitely doubles down, you know, like doubles down on the negative impact that in the way that you see yourself, like, yeah. I remember so desperately wanting a thigh gap. The thigh gap. The thigh gap craze got a hold of me by the neck with both of its hands and strangled me like Homer does Bart Simpson. <laughs> like the thigh gap craze. Like I, I remember I got one of those exercise machines where you kind of like stand shoulder width apart, but it it's like you like glide oh, your the legs glider, in. like the yeah yeah so you like it's almost like gliding jumping jacks or something yeah. like you hold on to this bar in the front and you just like you swish just, your yeah. feet I in remember and out. that thing and I would just be on it for so long just thinking like if I could like, just get gap. yeah like if I could just stay on this thing like surely I'll get a thigh gap by tomorrow morning before <laughs> school <laughs> And people Never will love me. <laughs> oh, God. And I remember, like, I would stand in the mirror and, like, adjust my position and, like, lean forward and, like, stick my butt out. Yeah, and, and then kind of open your thighs just a yeah, little bit, but just not too to, like, much. Just see like... how I would look with a thigh gap. And I would just, I was not built that way. I was yeah. not a large preteen. I, I was pretty skinny. Like, yeah. I, you know... I maybe like went through like a little bit of like a chunky phase, mm -hmm. but for the most part, I was a pretty skinny preteen slash teenager. So if I didn't have a thigh <laughs> gap at like, you know, at my skinniest yeah. part of my life, like that was just not in the cards for me. But for some reason, I just thought it was attainable and 
I just thought like nobody would love me unless you had a thigh thigh gap. I remember that thought process. It was so bad. I knew I wasn't going to have a thigh gap because I was always curvy. Like as soon as eight, I was like eight to 10 is when I really started to like fill out and get Mm -hmm. curves. I remember at 12, I could lie to boys. I don't recommend this for anybody with 12 year olds. Um, tell your 12 year olds not to do this, but I could lie to them and tell them I was 16 and get away with it. I'm sure 12 year olds are already doing that, but I'm sure they are. I could have gotten some people in trouble and yeah, that's not good. But anyway, could have gotten yourself in trouble. Could have gotten myself in trouble also. Who cares about (laughs) those other fucking creeps? Cause still like, anyway, um, (laughs) <laughs> my point is that those poor predators I really could have done some <laughs> but I mean, damage like, to if their they were like 16 year old records. boys and they believed me when I said that I was 16 right. that's my fault that is that's 100% true. my fault yes I will take responsibility for that but I didn't do anything like right. I didn't even have my first kiss until I was like 15 like mm-hmm. I was a late later bloomer in in life but um Yeah, like I remember just being 12 and being really curvy and going to like the store with my mom and having grown ass men stare at me. Mm -hmm. And when I was in middle school, there were guys that would like literally walk through the hallways and slap me on the ass and keep going like Uh. guys that I didn't even know. And then they just kind of like laugh it off. And I swear to you, teachers had to have seen it. They had to have seen it happen or know that it was happening. And they just didn't do shit about it. And like, I remember, um, one guy would come up in the hall and like, ask me like every day. And he'd be like, who made you thick? And I'm like, the fuck does that even mean? I was so mind you, I was really naive at 12. Like, so naive one guy that I had this huge crush on like called me one time Mm -hmm. and he was like so do you shave and I was (gasps) like my legs yeah like I shaved my legs and he was like no like do you shave down there and I was like am I supposed to down there like (laughs) (laughs) like my vagina (laughs) like whispering on the phone so I don't get caught like I was just, I was so naive. I was not thinking about having sex with anybody. Right. And I never realized what that phrase meant until later on. Like Mm -hmm. who made you thick was because they thought that I was just out here sleeping around with guys. And that's how you got thick. And like, no, it's fucking genetics. That's how, what they thought. That's what they thought. They thought that like, I didn't know. I don't know if you've never. Yeah. Cause like a lot of, um, black families, I used to hear a lot of older black women say things about my body, about how it looked like my hips had like widened or separated or whatever, which meant to Uh, them that I had already had sex. I didn't have sex until I was like 19, 20 years old. Yeah. Yeah. So that's crazy. Yes. But it's apparently a thing where they just like assume because if you're like wider hipped or wider set or whatever Mm -hmm. that, um, I guess you've already had sex. Yeah. That it was like a thing. So, um, yeah, that was like harassment every day at school. Yeah. Literal harassment that I didn't think of as harassment at the time. And I even remember there was one guy that I had a crush on who like started slapping my ass, but then had like no interest in actually like talking to me or getting like we talked, but it was very much surface friend level. He never like, tried to date me or anything, Mm -hmm. but I remember internalizing 
and feeling like, well, at least he's giving me some attention. Mm -hmm. Even if it was like negative attention, I felt like at least it was something. Yeah. Like, well, at least he likes my ass. Uh Like it was just this whole, my whole body image and everything was so messed up and so engulfed in what other people thought about me at school. Oh yeah. That it just, you know, and I've told you this and I had actually, um, I was really depressed and know who to talk to. Cause my parents growing up, I don't want to say they were super religious, but it was very much like, if you're depressed, just go to God and ask him to take it away. Um, ma'am. Yes. For a long time, they did not believe in medication or like going to see a therapist. Yeah. And my parents are great now. Yeah. Mind you, like we've worked all this out. We've Mm -hmm. all grown. But, um, when I was 12, I had tried to commit suicide Mm -hmm. and I had a friend who, um, well, I thought she was a friend at the time and we like had connected really quickly. She had like just moved into town and like, we just really hit it off, but she was still like in this space where she was trying to fit in with everybody else. Mm. And so I told her what happened and my mom didn't even know that I tried to commit suicide because of what I had done. She just thought that I got like really sick. Yeah. Um, and so I come back from that weekend and tell her, and then I get to school and come to find out the other kids know that I had tried to commit suicide and they were like picking on me for not doing it properly. That is so evil. It was the worst. Um, I don't know how else to say it. Like it was just really bad. Like my, like I said, my middle school experience was shit. Yeah. And so I really had a hard time with my self-esteem after that. Like I, I always thought I wasn't small enough. I always thought like my hair wasn't long enough. I, didn't it didn't move the way it should have yeah you know like just all of these things like I just never felt like I was good enough yeah um and I think part of my home life kind of affected that you know it was me and Daniel in the household and we both kind of like played sports and everything however Daniel was like this and he still is and I am so proud of him um but at that time because of everything that I was going through compounded with that at home. I remember going, um, to my dad's job one time and meeting one of his coworkers and he asked about Daniel. And then he was like, Oh, I didn't know you had a daughter. Uh-huh. And I was like, Oh, yay. Yay. So like nobody wants me. Like, that's just kind of how I felt at yeah. that time, you know? And mm-hmm. so, um, I think my self-esteem started to change more when I got here mm-hmm. because it was kind of like I was forced here being as in Texas moving from Kentucky. Cause we moved, um, my, the summer after my freshman year. So it was literally like two years later in high school in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause high school was also my freshman year. Um, there was this guy who, I liked and we were kind of flirty and talking and he invited me over to his apartment. Um, how old I'm he? assuming his, his parents weren't oh, home. Okay. okay. He was like 16. He was a junior. Yeah. Okay. I was a freshman. <laughs> like his apartment. Not like that. Like his parents <laughs> apartment. Um, but he like invited me over and I chickened out. I was like, no, like I'm not going. I just yeah. 
didn't feel right about it. Good. And trust right, your gut. Trusted my gut. Um, get to school the next day. And he told everybody that we fucked. <gasps> and it was like, wait a minute. I'm a virgin. And then there was like some really weird rumor that went around that said that I had been in a porn. And I'm like, I'm what? 14. Yes. It was just, I don't even... I don't even know, but I remember like a couple people coming up to me and they're like, yeah, I heard you were in a porn. And I'm like, what do you, do you realize that would be child pornography? Right. You, can you please turn that in? If right. you've seen if it, you've first seen of it, all report it. Yeah. <laughs> can you turn that into the feds? Right. Cause apparently I have no idea right. of this porno that I was in. None. So and being a virgin, it's really difficult to, yeah. to think about when that moment would have been, but right. so yeah. This is going to be real interesting Ooh, for the police to find out. It was. Yeah. It was just, yeah. So <laughs> that was my freshman year there and mm-hmm. finally moved. Um, well, not finally, but we moved here. And I think I finally had to like, I was forced to come out of my shell more because mm-hmm. otherwise I was just going to be alone. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> when you move into another state yeah. or like another school or something like that, like you either have to suck it up and try to make a friend. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, just kind of be prepared to be alone because yeah. <laughs> it's kind of how it is. Um, but yeah, I think like I started to do like crazy diets though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like I remember those. All I, of them. Yeah. <laughs> I know <laughs> there was the one, I'm sure everybody at some point did this one in some way, form, or fashion. It was the, um, the cayenne lemonade maple yeah. syrup maple diet syrup where diet, yes. if you've never heard of it, it's <laughs> where you mix water, maple syrup, lemon juice, and cayenne pepper. pepper. And well, you're not supposed to just do that. So at this point, when I was in high school and I thought, let me do a nice little cleanse for my body that doesn't need a fucking cleanse. Like, I don't understand what part of me was just like, I mean, in high school, I thought I was fat. I thought I was fat. I've seen pictures of you from high school. I was not. I would have loved to be your size in high school. I know. Like it was, I was not, I don't know what, I mean, I know what it was. Yeah. I know there were other girls who were skinnier and didn't have, you know, the chest or the hips or the butt that I had. And they were fitting into these, you know, little jeans and stuff didn't look tight on them. And it was just, I just wanted to be just smaller. Yeah. And at this point back in, God, when I, when was, I was in high school in 2005 and like, yeah, we had the internet and stuff, but I didn't have the brains to <laughs> research this diet before I do it. And so apparently for like this lemonade cleanse thing, you're supposed to like ease into it. So it's like a week long thing. I mm-hmm. think if my memory serves me correct and you're like supposed to only do like only eat vegetables the first day, like fruits and veggies. And then you move into like veggie smoothies and then for like two days max or something you're just doing you're doing like the lemonade but I think you're doing the lemonade cleanse with with other smoothies too but I didn't do that I literally just thought it was like this is the cleanse I'm just drinking the lemonade yeah make this little thing weight loss potion that I can just like mix up in my kitchen and Uh. chug day in and day out (laughs) and be fine. And I did this for 
about a week. Did you not pass out? I didn't. Like I, I didn't. And I was playing sport, like not like playing sports, but I was like in, well, my freshman year I was doing tennis and cross country. Mm-hmm. And then I started doing color guard. So like I was, so you were I was active. Busy. I was you very were, active doing yeah. lots of things, but no, I never passed out. <laughs> and I mean, I definitely was weak. I remember sure. times being like, Ooh, <laughs> so tired. could use a meal, <laughs> but I'm not going to do it but because I got to lose it. this weight. <laughs> yeah. Because I have to lose this non-existent weight. Like, ah, uh, I just, it was, it was frightening. Yeah. And I know that I was not the only one no. doing these sort of crazy diets. Cause no. I know at the, the high school that I went to, um, kind of like how it, your, it was at your middle school. It was a public school, mm-hmm. but there were a lot of wealthy kids that went there. Um, they did a lot of drugs and there was a lot of like eating disorders, which eating disorders are a big right. deal. It's not something to like take lightly, but it was just kind of like a lot of these girls had these really skinny bodies because of these other factors. And I yeah. didn't know about you it didn't that know time. that it was because of an eating disorder yeah. at the time. You're just saying, Oh my God, she's so skinny. How do I right. get skinny like her? Like she's wearing this dress or she's, she's wearing these jeans. Gap. She's got a fucking thigh <laughs> gap and I want it. And you know, you don't see the behind the scenes of what they did to, you know, to achieve, achieve that. that look. And you're just thinking, well, Oh, well this sounds just crazy enough that it might work. And so I did it. And guess what? I don't even think I lost. I mean, I had to have lost weight, but like, you know, of course I gained it all right back because I just went basically went a week without eating like, (laughs) and that was it. And I've done that too. I've done the whole fasting thing where like, I only did like smoothies and, you know, like drinks and juices and stuff like that. And back in high school and that didn't really do anything either because I didn't need it. Like, yeah, it was just so wild. Did you do any of the diets? Oh, I did. I I did them all. Um, I did that one, the lemonade diet. I did the Mm -hmm. cabbage soup diet. What's that? Cabbage soup diet is where you literally make like a huge pot of cabbage soup. It's like a vegetable soup, but Mm -hmm. it has like no flavor. Um, other than the veggies, no, it's like cabbage and like carrots and celery and like all these different veggies Mm, with like, that actually sounds great. It's actually like if you could season it the way that you would want to, it would be great, but can't you season it because you're not supposed to have like salt intake. It's supposed to like be a flushing kind of, cleansing soup which i'm sure it's going to do that anyway but you know salt makes you like hold on to water and Mm -hmm. it was a whole thing so um there were some days where you could do like only veggies and cabbage soup and then there was like only fruits and cabbage soup and there was one day where you were only supposed to eat like bananas and milk and you know how (laughs) i feel about bananas so that didn't happen and i don't drink milk so that also didn't happen so i just did like cabbage soup the whole day yeah and i'm sure i lost weight like i used to do these with my mom though Mm -hmm. so like not that my mom encouraged me to lose weight or like made me feel like my body wasn't good enough. She would just do these and I'd be, she's like, do you want to do it with me? And I'd be like, yeah, like I'll do it. Yeah. And didn't need these, especially at my age. Like I think I may have tried a diet as early as middle school because like I said, I was curvy, but I was not fat. Like Mm -hmm. when I look back at my photos, I, 
I had like, I don't want to say my ideal body now because it was a prepubescent body. Like it wasn't (laughs) not prepubescent, but it was, it was a child's body, Mm -hmm. mind you. However, I was like, maybe, do you remember the store five, seven, nine? Yeah. I was like a five. Yeah. But everybody else around me was a three or a zero Um, or like a one. They were like ones or threes. And I was a five. Yeah. So I was thicker. And then like by middle school, yeah, I don't ever or, remember even being a one or a three. I, I remember being a seven. Yeah, I was a zero in fifth grade because I was tall mm. for my age. Yeah. Remember, you know, basketball star mm-hmm. dreams that are dead. Um, but I was like, I stopped growing. I've been this height since seventh grade. Like, I remember being the height that I am now, which is five foot five, even mm-hmm. in seventh grade. And so in sixth grade, I was like five, four mm-hmm. and towering over people. Like yeah. I looked like a tall girl and I'm not tall. Now <laughs> we know that, but <laughs> you know, like going in from elementary to middle school, I was in a size zero because I was so tall, but I was also like developing when these kids are like still in like a size eight in children. Yeah. Or you know what I mean? It's like here I am having to wear juniors. Yeah. And I thought I was so big. And then like between 11 and 12 is when like my body really started to like develop. I was like a size, I was like a C cup Mm -hmm. or a D cup by the time I was in seventh grade. Yeah. And then, you know, my hips, started to come out and all that. And so I was probably, I was probably a seven. And then I got to like a seven, nine in high school Mm -hmm. and thought that I was so fat. And I was like, now I'm like, if I could be a seven, nine or like an eight right now, like, that's like, that's the ideal sick. If I was a size eight, (laughs) see, I think I would look a little sick. I don't think so. I think a size 10, which I'm not at, but I think a size 10 is kind of like ideal for me. I'd like to get back to an eight. I only say that because I did. Yeah. You know, I had done, but you're like smaller anyway than me. Shorter, shorter, but I feel like your frame is smaller too. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to get under a lot we'll of, to, we'll have to a really lot of like, meat to really get down to the know, like, get down to talking about frames. About frames. So I haven't never seen mind. my frame in a while. Yeah. Um no. Never mind about that. <laughs> <laughs> but like I because I had gotten down to an eight. And I think that's another thing is like having a child. Like after I had Asher, I was so self-conscious about my body. Yeah. And I feel like it's also because you're kind of figuring out who you are again Mm -hmm. after you have a kid. Yeah. And then like you have a new identity, but you're still trying, especially having a child at a young age. It's like you have a new identity, but you still don't know your own identity. Right. You don't know. You're still trying to figure out what your original identity was on top of that. So, yeah. 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 It was it was a lot. I didn't have sex for three years after I had Asher mm-hmm. or date anyone or like even try to do anything. Like I was single through my pregnancy and then single for three years after that. Yeah. <laughs> because I just remember feeling like number one, 
I didn't want anybody to like see this new body yeah. that I had that was like so different than the body that I had been used to right from before I got pregnant because your body changes so much. And like I had had stretch marks before because like how I grew and again with the hips and yeah. things, but it was more so like, I don't know. It was everything. Like I was self-conscious about my breasts. I was self-conscious, especially because I still had milk after three years. Huh? Yeah. I had milk. Wait, how to, long was he breastfeeding for? He only breastfed for 11 months. Huh? Yeah. What did you do? <laughs> it wasn't like... <laughs> I'm your, so confused. Your face right now. I'm just like, I'm horrified for you. Because I like, like, I remember going through like how, you know, after no, Carter... I'm like self-holding my no, breasts. No, I'm so, like, like, I'm not trying to make you feel self-conscious. I'm just like, my mind is blown because I'm like, how could how could your body do that to you? Like, you know, like, uh, Carter stopped breastfeeding at like eight months. Sorry, yeah. kid. But once he got teeth, I was like, you're out of here. <laughs> and you know, I remember like the feeling of like, you know, your tissues fill up with milk and it's hard as rocks. Feels like you're yeah. in a couple bags of gravel on the front of your chest and it hurts and it, it feels like there's needles in there. And I'm just like, what happened for the rest of that time? <laughs> Did you pump? Okay. Did so, you... so I still produced milk, but I wasn't like heavily producing milk. So by the time Asher was 11 months, I had gone back to work mm -hmm. and his feeding schedule had like slowed down. So I wasn't producing as much then anyway. Yeah. Um, and he was also like, I started to realize that he would only want to nurse like at night. So it became like a comfort thing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, he doesn't need to nurse anymore. He's fine. I tried pumping what I could. And, um, there just wasn't really enough to like fill up bags yeah. or anything. So I stopped Cause at first I was like trying to keep my breast milk coming in. Cause I wanted to breastfeed him till like a year. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I tried to like keep my milk coming in and was taking like pills and stuff up until he was a year. And then I just stopped like, you know, cause I was still trying to pump and I was just going to store the bags because I'd just give it to him that way, like in a bottle or something. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, so after, that for the next year, it wasn't like I would still get the letdown feeling mm -hmm. and I would produce a little bit of milk, but it wasn't to the point where it would like leak leak. Uh -huh. But in the shower, the I, hot water, the hot water yeah. would get me to release milk. And mm -hmm. I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like how, how am I still producing milk? And yeah. my kid is like three years old now. That is And wild. yeah, I went to the doctor because I thought something was wrong to me, yeah. wrong with me. And she was like, no, she's like, I guess your hormones are just elevated still. And mm -hmm. Gee, thank you. But also that will put a damper on like wanting to have sex with someone because it's like, yeah. It's what like, do I do with these? What happens like, if we're have hot and heavy and these things, you know, just squirting you right like, in the eye? Oh my God. Yeah. That would be mortifying. Mortifying. I would have to promptly get up yeah. and be like, get out of me. I'm leaving. <laughs> yes. like, what did I do? It's not you. Nothing. It's fine. Just bye. Like, can't. Here's a towel. Clean yourself <laughs> off. It was nice knowing you. We can never speak to each other again. Uh, I can't. And it's, it's such a different, like, I think I told you this before about how my cousin, after I had Asher, 
made me like take a mirror into the bathroom and like reconnect with my vagina. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it's, it sounds funny to say it out loud, but like, I feel like I needed that too at the same time to like kind of re humanize myself yeah. and like ground myself yeah. and to kind of like show yourself like, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. It's like, not you're ruined. Still... She's not a monster. She's yeah. fine. You just birthed a baby. Like, right. like cause I was terrified to be to afraid look. of. Oh my God. I was so scared. Oh to yeah. See me too. It. Like, terrified i'm like mm-hmm. oh my god what if it doesn't look like it used to look but i'm like what did it even used to look at look like because i don't right. think i ever like i don't think looked i looked at, looked at, before at mine then. before either but it's still like all those subconscious fears that you have about your own body mm-hmm. going through literally one of the most natural things because we all have passed through a woman's vagina to get here right every single one of us yeah that's how it works. That's how life works. <laughs> that's how life works. Yeah, that's how this world works. <laughs> and yeah. yet it's still so like taboo to talk about yeah. a our bodies body and, after like, birth. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy to me. Mm-hmm. I was definitely very self-conscious about my body and myself. And I mean, because before I had Carter, before I found out I was pregnant, I never really wanted kids. Yeah. You know, and sometimes I feel bad about saying that because I know that people so desperately want kids and they try for so long and, you know, it doesn't happen. They have to go through all this. And here I am like, nah, I don't really want kids. And then just like Pop one out. pops out. Yeah. I mean, but that's the truth. And I think that's true for, you know, a lot of people. a lot of people is just like they never really wanted kids. But then it happened. And don't get me wrong. Like, I love him more than yeah. life itself. I will literally murder anybody for him. <laughs> But it was kind of like having to figure out that like mother role, you know, I didn't want to be the mom, even though people are like, oh, no, like you're a young mom, you're a cool mom. Like, okay, I guess. But like for something that like for a role that I never even really wanted having to like step into that. Yeah. And still figure myself out and still figure out how to love myself as a my own self, you know, my own identity and then also love myself as a mother while trying to figure everything out. You know, there's just a lot that comes with that after, you know, after birth, like, Oh yeah. And like loving yourself as a mother is so fucking hard Mm -hmm. because I, I mean, we're a bit biggest critics anyway, Mm -hmm. but I think when you become a mom, like you put yourself under a microscope mm-hmm. because we've had these in-depth talks where we feel guilty for doing one thing, even though we know it's probably the right thing to do. Yeah. But you know, there's never, I don't think there's a perfect parent anywhere. No, it's impossible. Yeah. And we drive ourselves crazy trying to do the best that we can. And right. I mean, even our best probably isn't good enough. <laughs> but so depressing (laughs) it is but I mean like you know like because I I think about my parents and my parents probably thought that they did the best that they could do yeah and like their absolute best and here we are working through my trauma right (laughs) you know like and like it made me appreciate you know stuff that my mom did even more you know mm -hmm. as a single mom with two kids she didn't even she didn't have just one she had two kids yeah you know not at the same time, but like my sister and I are really close in age. So, 
Um, but you know, after I had Carter, it was just kind of like, man, like all this stuff that I used to kind of think like about my mom or about how she used to do things and kind of like silently criticize her for, I'm like, she was really just doing her best just doing her and best. I'm doing my best. And yeah. I really hope that my best is no offense, mom, better than her best. <laughs> <laughs> but that your kids also appreciate that. Like, I hope Asher can look back one day and really be like, my mom did her best. Yeah. And not feel like I got to do so much better than her. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. but I'd be like, I want him to strive to do better than me. Right. Always. Yeah. Like you always want, always want to him do to do better, better than you. But it's, it is one of those things where it's like, we do our best. We do as, and I mean, sometimes I will admit that I do not do my best because I am tired or I'm cranky mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And or I don't want to be bothered or tired again. And also tired. Like, yeah, or <laughs> because, like you're tired. Yeah. You know? Yeah. All of those, all of that <laughs> long list <laughs> because it's so exhausting it and really still like, trying to take care of yourself, trying to take care of a child and not only keep them alive because that is the bare minimum, (laughs) but trying to make sure that they have like this happy joy filled upbringing. Yeah. Where at least when you're going through your roughest moments, they don't notice, Oh, but they do, but they do. They do. Oh, that's so hard. They always know. And I think, that's been my biggest like self-love struggle lately is Mm -hmm. loving myself as a mom. Yeah. Because I criticize the way that I parent all the time Mm -hmm. or things that I should have done, or I should have taken them here. I should have done this with them. I should have, which is wild because you're such a wonderful mom and you do so, so much for him. And he's going to look back and he's going to be like, man, my mom did everything. Like I didn't even know like one time that we were struggling or one time that this was happening. He's going to look back and be like, like you're going to say something that happened, you know, and he's going to be like, what? Nuh-uh. Really? And you're going to be like, yeah, that was kind of a rough time. And he's going to be like, I didn't know. Well, I didn't yeah. know. So that's, thank you. you're doing a wonderful job. Thank yeah. You. So are you. Oh, thank you. So are you. Like I, <laughs> you are. I mean, I love cause like <laughs> I we went to the doctor the other day. I told you this. We went to the doctor the other day and like, I mean, and you know, some kids put on some weight during the pandemic. He didn't, he was doing virtual school. Yeah. We live in an apartment that doesn't have any, like barely any grassy area. So he doesn't really have like, he didn't have a whole bunch of chances to like, yeah, just get out and run around. And there's no other kids in the apartment complex. Right. Age, it's so. just him. And so, you know, he's put on a little bit of weight, but he's also nine kind of going through those growing things. And, you know, the doctor was like, okay, maybe we should, you know, step away from the salty snacks and the sweet snacks and the soda and i'm just like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and carter's like you know she was asking him like do you drink a lot of soda and he was like no actually i don't you know because we don't yeah. he we usually drink just like water and mm-hmm. like juice sometimes and she was kind of like oh okay and <laughs> there's just like always that guilt when you go to the doctor's office yeah. and they start asking your kids about their diet and they're like 
what do you like to eat for snack? You know, what's your favorite yeah. food? Because you know they're asking them <laughs> because, to figure yes. out what their diet is. But your kids are just like, oh, man, like his favorite food is ramen noodles. Like he loves ramen noodles. And I just I know it is what it is. And, you know, whenever they ask and he's like, oh, I eat ramen noodles and, you know, like <laughs> shit, like dino nuggets. And I'm like, fuck. Like, I swear I feed you vegetables. Like, can you just mention that a couple times? Like, no, throw me a bone here. Like the other day, my sister made like this, like, um, it's like a recreation of like a Zupa Toscana Mm -hmm. and she puts like extra kale in it and she puts carrots in it. And it's actually, you know, like relatively healthy. And of course he didn't mention that. (laughs) He just mentions like, the ramen, the, ra- the ramen, and like all the bad stuff. And I'm like, oh, I swear he doesn't just eat junk. But there are nights yeah. where I'm tired, and I'm like, guess what? It's ramen for dinner. And he's like, yeah. Or I'm like tired, or like just having like a really depressed day, and I'm like. Here, kid, the best I could do was a bowl of mashed potatoes for dinner. Like, yeah, it's those days and those times where you're just like, I hope they don't remember this part. (laughs) If I could count the amount of times during the week that Asher gets McNuggets um, (laughs) and a Happy Meal. And sometimes there was like a while, I guess he was going through a growth spurt and he would ask for two Happy Meals. He wanted a cheeseburger Happy Meal and a McNugget Happy Meal. And guess what? He got both. He ate them both. He ate them both. Yeah, Like sometimes like you just have to. Yeah. It just is what it is, yeah. you know? And again, we are doing our best. Yes. Even on the days when we're not, we are doing our best. Doctor. Right? <laughs> like, 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 unless you can prescribe me something for my depression oh, that will that also part. help his diet. Yeah. Um, leave me the hell alone. I just need like a pill to like a magic pill, a magic pill. Mm-hmm. I'll that take one of those too. Helps me process my emotions without having to process them. That'd be really cool. That'd be nice. That'd be great. <laughs> Sorry, you can't have it, sweetheart. No, Damn just... it. <laughs> I'm sure there's something out there. Yeah. So what do you do like to kind of lift yourself up on those days where you're just feeling like you're not really loving yourself? You're not really loving the way that you're handling life. How like what self-love rituals do you have? I don't. No, I'm just kidding. You um, do. You have to. I do. I used to, before gas prices spiked, um, <laughs> I used to just get in my car and drive mm-hmm. with the windows down. Like, Ooh, I don't know. Like, the best feeling to me is driving with my windows down on the highway mm-hmm. and my music turned all the way up and just singing along to it. Yeah. Like, that is one of the absolute best feelings to me. That's why I can't wait for this cooler weather. It was kind of cool this morning. It was like 60 degrees. It was great. But, um, I miss being able to like roll my windows down Mm -hmm. and just drive. Yeah. Um, also, I mean, music is a big escape for me in general, whether it's like writing music Mm -hmm. or, um, singing. And I love to sing in the shower. Mm Mm-hmm all the time um like uh except so my mom actually used to tell me 
growing up that she always knew we were happy because we'd be singing in the shower. And so I've realized, but I've realized now that when I'm in a mood, I don't sing in the shower. Mm -hmm. Like, and when I say singing in the shower, like sometimes I'll play music. Um, but a lot of times like, it'll just be me in the shower having like a moment deep in my thoughts Mm -hmm. to myself. And that's usually when I'm like in a mood and I don't think I'm really trying to uplift myself, but that's kind of like a cleansing moment for me. It's just being in the shower, being with my thoughts, not singing, just kind of being there in the moment. Yeah. Not crying either, but just being there (laughs) in the moment. Um, and then I also love to get my nails done. Yeah. Um, I used to not be like a nail person Mm -hmm. and I probably still won't sit there and talk about my nails with you. Like we're not going to have those come. We will, (laughs) but I'm like, well, we have, well, we will, you and I will, but you know what I mean? Like I, other than that, like that's the full extent. Like I'll show you my nails and be like, Oh yeah, thanks. I love them. Mm -hmm. And that's like, that's it. But I feel pretty Mm -hmm. after getting my nails done. Like if nothing else is done, if my hair's not done, if I have no makeup on, if I'm feeling like shit, but my nails are done. Oh yeah. I just feel like I'm a lady. Yeah. <laughs> you I know? Feel the, yes. I, like, feel the same I don't way. know what it is, but they just kind of like, yeah, I could look helps. dusty, crusty, musty right. all day. Mm-hmm. And if my nails are done, I'm like, you can't tell me, don't shit. Tell me shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so what about you? Like, what are your, your self love rituals? Um, I would definitely say I know like meditating in the morning and stretching in the morning always makes me feel better. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things like, you know, like how people say like exercising, even though you don't want to do it at first after you do it, it makes you feel better, which that is true as well. But it's just easier (laughs) for me Mm -hmm. to get up in the morning and do that instead of like running a mile or something. (laughs) And it, it, it definitely kind of like it like resets me back to zero, you know, kind of like if I was like in the negative or something, it just kind of like brings me back to my center. And, you know, afterwards I'm just like, okay, I'm ready. I can do, you know, I kind of, yeah, Yeah. I kind of have more like self-confidence. And then I also like whenever I have a clean apartment, which it's been hard to clean lately <laughs> mm-hmm. just because you know how sometimes like it gets out of hand and you're just like not feeling it and you're down and then it's like you're sitting in it and you're like, Ugh, what am I going to do? But once I clean it, you know, and once I have that clean space, it kind of brings me to a point where I'm like, I did this, you know, like yeah. I changed the, my environment. I, was able to get up and do something for myself to make myself feel better. Um, And I think that's an important aspect of self-love is like showing up for yourself, like being there for yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. And then after I've cleaned, I love, cause like I, I love music. So like I'll wake up to music. I play music when I clean, I play music in the shower. Like it's just always on. So after I've like cleaned up my space and everything and I'm just like feeling good, feeling confident, got the candles going, like I love to just like put on music and dance. And I think that kind of helps like my physical confidence, you know, like I'm not where I would ideally like to be for my body, but whenever I put on like a good song and I start dancing, I'm just like feeling myself like that kind of gives me like a little bit of like a boost because then I'm like, 
you're cute. Like, <laughs> look at you. You're dancing. Like, you're cute. So that's that, so sweet. I love it. <laughs> that definitely, definitely helps me. Yeah. I am still working on getting that comfortable with my body to like dance. And that's more of an insecurity. Like, are people looking at me? Kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. Like, give me a couple drinks and well, I'll, even by I'll yourself at home. By myself at home. Mm-hmm. I, I used to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was there was a, a TikTok video I saw a while ago that talked about how like this girl was like, you remember when people were making fun of themselves like in high school and like old videos that they had yeah. found. Mm-hmm. So she was saying how she had like made up this dance, like an interpretive dance to some song or something. And I had this sudden flashback of my own like middle school and high school life where I used to dance. Like I actually, I took ballet when I was younger Mm -hmm. and my teacher ended up closing her studio. So I just stopped ballet and stuff altogether. Mm -hmm. And then I was just really self-conscious and like wouldn't dance in front of people, but I would dance at home and I would like make up my own choreography to things. Yeah, And like, I have not done that in a really long time because I used to just like get embarrassed with myself. Oh, even being by myself. I'm like, (laughs) what are you doing? But, um, no, like I, I don't know. I'm just not comfortable enough to just be moving. I don't think. Um, and I wish I was like, I would love to do one of those classes where you like just get comfortable and like, like a free movement, like a free movement dance kind of Mm -hmm. class to like force me out of my comfort zone and be fun to do something like that. Um, but when you were talking about like how working out really helps, like working out when I'm doing it, I love it, but I have to like commit to doing it in the morning. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely like a self-love thing for me when I do it, Mm -hmm. I feel better about myself. I feel like I make better decisions throughout the day when I go to the gym, Mm -hmm. especially, or just do any workout like, but it has to be in the morning Yeah, because otherwise if I've put it off all day, I'm probably not going to do it (laughs) unless like we've made a pact Yeah, and like, I'm going to see you before we go to the gym because then we both reinforce it for one another. Yeah. But (laughs) when it's like by myself, there was a while where I was just on it like four o'clock in the morning, every morning for like three months. And amazing. It was, yeah. Um, I mean, like it was good, but like, I, I don't, and I wonder what mindset I was in mm -hmm. and how to get that mindset back because it was just a completely different kind of drive. Like nobody could take me off track. I, you know how like we snack on our kids food. Yeah. I didn't even do that. (laughs) Damn. Right. Like I was, when I say that, like I was so laser focused on what my goal was at that time, like that's probably the hardest that I've ever loved myself. Mm -hmm. And saying that just meaning that like, I mean, I made a commitment to myself and I stuck with it. Yeah. And I have not done that for myself in a long time. Yeah. And I think that's like really huge in, you know, like we talked about in the beginning, just in self-love is being able to keep promises to yourself. Yeah. So I would love to get back to whatever that was and just that mindset to where I'm making a commitment to myself. I'm sticking with it, you know, like nothing's going to deter me from it Yeah. and that kind of thing. But, um, what do you love about yourself now? Hmm. 
Good question. Um, I love that I'm open to growing. I'm, I know that I have things about myself that I need to fix and that I need to work on. And I'm very open to figuring that out. I haven't figured it out yet, um, yeah. but I'm open to it. And that's pretty cool. Um, I'm very optimistic about my future. Kind of even in the past, like no matter what, you know, dark place I've been in, I've always like kind of been like, you'll get out of it. Like you'll pull through like this isn't the end, you know, like, yeah, there's more there's more to it. Um, how far I've come from who I used to be, not just like middle school me or like high school me, but even like early 20s me, you know, like yeah. just you know, had a baby me, even me from like three or four years ago. Like I, I just keep changing and I'm just like, I'm excited to see my Your final form. Yeah. <sighs> um, yeah. Yeah. What about you? What do you, what do you love about yourself now? Uh, right now, right now, right this second, right this moment, like today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh God, today of all days to ask me. <laughs> I I like that I'm a very self-aware person. Mm -hmm. Um like you said, I like that I am open to growth. Mm -hmm. Um that I can acknowledge the things that I need to work on and seek out help for those things, although I have not found a therapist yet, but that is because they are expensive. Mm -hmm. uh, Very. Just because I know I need one doesn't mm -hmm. mean I can afford one. Yeah. So, um, but I'm open to growth. I also feel like I, minus today, that I am the type of friend that I would want to have. Because today I would have annoyed me. Like, oh. I, I would like, have. You I was like, you didn't do anything I know, wrong I'm sure today. I did, but like, my phone call with you earlier, like after I hung up, I was like, God, I feel so annoying right now, <laughs> like for having emotions. I, but this is who I am mm. and I annoy myself and I'm just, I am I that annoy way. myself with my own feelings. I do. <laughs> like that's, why do you think they're buried so oh, deep? <laughs> like Just stuff them back in the bag. Um, but I do feel like I'm a good friend and I love that about myself. You are. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Stop complimenting me because it's never anyway <laughs> but I I love that I love that I can take most situations and see the bright side mm -hmm. in them whether it's mine or someone else's you know and kind of like help people I like to think hopefully um but yeah I think that's that's nice that's about it that's good. I, I That's kind of, you know, kind of towards getting towards the end of the show. I think yeah. that has a lot to do with like um, our shine moments. So you can what go was first. Your... I, I cannot think of one right this moment. <laughs> so I'm going to let you. I would say my coconut oil shine moment of the week was probably last night whenever you and Jonathan came over. Aww. I just love having my friends and family and like loved ones in my space. And I'm glad that I had it clean on time for people to actually <laughs> come over. Like yeah. I've, I always want to be that kind of like central hub for all my friends to kind of like, 
come together and just like hang out and do whatever. And that's what we did last night. It was really fun. So thank you for coming over. Yeah. Thank (laughs) you for having me. Sorry if I didn't give you enough time, but what was your (laughs) coconut oil? Damn it. Shine Um, moment of the week. uh, Probably Saturday night because I got to have dinner with two friends one that I hadn't seen in a while who was going through a really hard time mm-hmm. and um, the other one who's also been going through a really hard time and I just found out is living like two houses down from me mm-hmm. um, and we just all kind of like got a lot out and we're able to talk about a lot of things and I was able to talk about a lot of things um, I know we talk about everything under the sun here, but it's because I feel like I'm, I'm having a conversation with you, Yeah, you know, and when I'm with other people, I'm really bad at expressing issues from my life or traumas from my life mm-hmm. with other friends, because I feel like I don't want to burden them. Oh, yeah. not that like. I feel like it's okay to burden you, no. but I know that you don't feel that way. And we have that relationship. Right. So it's very difficult for me to like open up about certain things. Mm-hmm. And they kind of gave me the freedom to do that and then oh, not yay. apologize for doing that. Like I normally do. Mm-hmm. And we were all just able to like be those shoulders for one another. So it was, oh, that I was my shine that. moment. That is so beautiful. Oh, that's amazing. I love moments like that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Well, that just about wraps it up today, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in again. Um, please subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcast. And don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcast. Let us know how we're doing, what you like, what you don't like. Yeah. Um, what you want to hear more of. Yeah, just let us know. And we will see you guys next week. Bye.